So good evening, everyone. Welcome. Uh, my name is Shuzo Brad. Uh, I am one of the priests with the Dragonfly Sangha. Uh, and this evening, I wanted to continue our discussion uh, on thankfulness and share some thoughts uh, around uh, some beliefs that can hinder uh, that, that sense of, of thankfulness and gratitude. And gratitude is an important uh, practice. Uh, in, in our Buddhist heritage. Um, you know, the, the, the thanksgiving is something that we recite in every liturgy, uh, in our, our daily liturgy, our liturgy of the day. Uh, and in that thanksgiving, we talk about, you know, being thankful for all things, uh, not just the good things, um, but for all things and for acknowledging the interbeing of all nature. So understanding that everything is, is connected. Uh, and then additionally, in that, in that Thanksgiving, we talk about wishing that uh, all beings be free of suffering and that everyone can know peace. Uh, and so oftentimes, gratitude and thankfulness uh, indicates sort of a healthy relationship between ourselves and, and the things around us, uh, the people and, and, and objects around us. Um, we often bow a lot. Uh, to kind of show that that gratitude and that respect as well. Um, it also shows, you know, gratitude demonstrates uh, that we understand that we can all benefit from each other. We can learn things um, from, from each other and that our actions have an impact on other people, right? Uh, and that learning from, from other people and situations, uh, uh, you know, can come from both the good things and the, the hard things, right? Sometimes especially from the hard things, right? But that, that gratitude, even though it's, it's a fundamental part of our practice and, and how we uh, sort of celebrate our practice, uh, there are things that can get in the way of that. Uh, and sometimes it's something as simple as, you know, a difficult day or someone made us feel angry, right? And it's hard to be thankful in those moments, right? But there's also on a more foundational level uh the fact that everything is changing can can make it hard to be grateful right just when you're you're like well i got everything the way that i wanted it to be right now i wish you could just freeze it and then everything can stay that way i'll be really thankful for everything because i worked really hard to get everything just so um but that's not the way that life is right and and even though we we know that impermanence is uh, just a truth of the universe. It's one of our, our the, the marks of existence, as we call them in Buddhism, right? Even if we know that sort of intellectually, it can still be really hard to experience it. And there are some beliefs about impermanence that can uh, arise in us that can really get in the way of us feeling thankful. Um, and Sensei Tony spoke a, a few weeks ago about the cycle you know that of, of the way that the mind works that there are beliefs that lead to thoughts uh, that lead to feelings that lead to actions that lead to consequences and that cycle just repeats right uh, and there are there are patterns that can develop in that cycle uh you know especially around the the experience of impermanence um two of those patterns that can can sort of not serve us well uh one is ignorance you know, where we're trying to, you know, that ignorance, like trying to say, well, ah, impermanence, things are going to last, you know, I don't have to think about right now, right now, 
right? Uh, and another pattern that can emerge in reaction to uh, uh, an experience of impermanence is fear. You know, we worry that everything is abandoning us. You know, goodness, everything is changing. You know, this person goes away and I lost this person. And it can lead to this sense of despair. And neither one of those are particularly useful for us. So we want to find a, a better way to work with the notion of impermanence. And it's important because impermanence is every day, right? We, we feel it all the time. Uh, and especially as we get older, right? You know, we see uh, uh, people around us are, are getting older. They're not as healthy or as lively as it used to be. People die, you know, uh, people pass away. Our relationships change. You know, the, the places that we used to go, now that place is closed. Um, you know, everything is always changing. And when, you know, and, and personally, when, when Sensei asked me to speak on this topic, I had a lot of thoughts of change that had happened to me, you know, along with getting older, uh, kind of come to mind as I was preparing for this. You know, one, uh, um, uh, you know, several months ago, you know, one of my parents needed to go to the ER um, with a bit of a health scare. And it, you know, it, it got my brain spinning. Oh my goodness. Like, what does this mean? What, you know, what if, what if, what if, you know, all sorts of worries there. Um, you know, a few weeks ago on my birthday, I turned 40 and we were planning on, on getting together to celebrate that my sister actually had to go to the, to the ER, uh, with a bit of a health scare. So again, just a lot of worry and turning. I had a health scare a few weeks ago as well, you know, sort of, you know, a, a, as, a, as a part of getting older. And so, goodness, you know, several experiences myself with this notion of impermanence and change and fear of, of those things. So, goodness, you know, none of us are perfect when it comes to this kind of thing. Uh, even myself, you know, having recently turned 40, just that number 40 and the way that we celebrate that age uh, you know, I have, I have very distinct memories uh, when I was younger and, and one of our family friends was turning 40 and I went with my parents to buy some things or rent some things at a party store to celebrate this person. So, you know, Lordy, Lordy, look who's 40 and, you know, black balloons and over the hill and, and all of this stuff. And I was like, aren't birthdays supposed to be happy, you know, with red balloons and cakes and things like that? And here's all this depressing imagery you know, black, the color black around this, you know, what's supposed to be a happy day. And I remember in this party store, there was a, uh, you know, underneath all of the shelves, there was this long full-size casket, a black casket. Uh, and I, I'd been to one funeral in my life. And so I knew, you know, what a casket was. And I was like, goodness, what is, what is this thing? Why is it in a party store? And they said like, oh, we, you know, rent it out for, you know, Halloween parties and stuff like that. And for over the hill parties, you know, and I was like, goodness, turning 40 must be awful. <laughs> Look at all this terrifying imagery that accompanies turning 40. And now here I am, I'm 40. So I guess that's me now. You know, I'm sort of on the back nine of, of the golf course of life now. But, you know, it's, it's, we all experience this, right? In some way, shape or form, you know, in ourselves and other people, the fact that things change, we all know this again if only just sort of from a fundamental level, like, hey, I know that things change. I'm, I'm a Buddhist. Impermanence is one of those three marks of existence. I get it, right? And for, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years, uh, we as people 
uh, especially as it pertains to, you know, change of our, of our health and, and, you know, even death. People have, you know, developed practices to work with that and to sort of change their relationship with that. And one of those practices that you've probably heard about is uh, memento mori. Uh, memento mori being a Latin phrase that means remember you must die, right? Not remember someday you may die. No, remember you must die, right? And, and that's a... Um, you know, I read an article a few weeks ago about uh, a Catholic nun that was looking to bring this practice back. And I know in Buddhism, you know, reflection on, on death is something that is not at all uncommon. You know, meditation in graveyards, meditation with skulls or dead bodies, this notion that like, hey, we need to come to uh, uh, grips with the fact that life is not going to last forever, right? And this isn't intended to be a dark and morbid thing to depress us or get us upset. It's meant to really teach us that, hey, life is really precious. One, two, we don't know how much time we all have, right? Some of us may live for a long time. Some of us may, you know, not live much longer. Uh, and again, not to be, not to be dark or depressing, but that's just, that's true, right? And, and hopefully, you know, one of the other outputs of that understanding is not fear or ignorance, but it's, it's, you know, a sense of gratitude that like, hey, I want to be thankful for uh, the people I have in my life. And in fact, in the last uh, several weeks, I've had a few people say to me, uh, you know, work uh, peers who I work with, like, hey, I want to uh, spend a lot of time with my elderly relatives because, you know, quote unquote, you never know, right? You don't know how much time people have left. Maybe this is their last Thanksgiving. Maybe this is their last Christmas, things like that. You know, but we want to make sure that we're not only extending that sense of appreciation, appreciation and gratitude uh, for people who are maybe older uh, or, or unwell in our families, but to everyone. And again, this this reflection, you know, is the and these types of reflections are not meant to, you know, be morbid or, or you know, revel in death, but just to help us not flinch at it quite so hard with it being something that is a certainty and inevitability, you know, and, and perhaps in our reflection uh, on, on impermanence and on transience uh, and the preciousness of life, you know, maybe we feel some, some feelings arise in us, right? Some thoughts that are coming up, uh, some of those mental patterns that we have and how we react to these truths. Uh, and maybe that's something that we can work with, you know, practice the four questions and, and, and work with those thoughts and kind of see where they're coming from, what they're rooted in, and, and how we can work with that. Oftentimes, too, as we think about impermanence and, and dwell on those things, you know, what may also arise is sort of a, a, a thoughts of the past, right? Um, you know, and, and remembering, maybe being grateful for the way that things used to be or the things that brought us here, the people who have been important in our lives. Uh, and that kind of gratitude for, for circumstances from the past is pretty common. Maybe it's a bit romanticized, right? And we think like, oh, I remember when, like things were so nice back then. Uh, and and I, I spoke a few weeks ago in, in one of my previous talks, I'd brought up Calvin and Hobbes because uh, I love Calvin and Hobbes. Um, and, you know, there are often times where I, I go through an experience and a, and a Calvin and Hobbes comic will come into my mind. And that was true as I was getting ready for this talk. Um, there is a strip that, that I remembered where uh, Calvin asks his dad, Calvin being a six-year-old boy, 
uh, asks his father, you know, hey, dad, you know, which days are the halcyon days of youth, right? The halcyon days of youth sort of being this, this notion of like, ah, oh, you know, when, when things were great and, and lovely, like, couldn't we all go back there? Right. So he asks his dad, like, which days are, you know, which days are the halcyon days of youth? The Saturday one, you know, Saturday being such an important day for kids. Uh, and his dad says, he's like, well, actually, I think they're sort of rewarded, you know, retroactively as you get older. Right. So halcyonity is retroactive is sort of the takeaway of the comic. Um, because, again, we, we have this sense of, you know, nostalgia for the past. And, and we're grateful for like, oh, I remember when things you know, used to be like that. But sometimes what comes into our mind is a bit of, you know, regret that can happen there, right? Because uh, Osho Mike talked about remembering in his talk last week, right? And oftentimes people remember things fondly. Obviously, he was talking in his, in his uh, uh, Dharma talk around remembering his practice. And, and uh, uh, you know, and here, you know, it's, it's more about remembering the things that got us here. Right. And that's also a big part of our liturgical cycle. We celebrate, celebrate Oban and, and the ancestors who have, you know, brought us about uh, and, and reflect on the fact that we are going to be the ancestors of, of someone else. Right. And, and memories can get tricky because, like I said, we can sort of clean them up and think like, oh, back then things were so nice. Uh, and like I said, a little bit of regret may creep in. Or maybe there are holidays that come along. We obviously just celebrated uh, Thanksgiving here in the US. Uh, we have things like Christmas, New Year's, we have uh, Satori on our liturgical celebration, uh, our calendar coming up here. Uh, and some of those events can give us opportunities to be very intentionally thankful um, and have those moments in time. But what we don't wanna do is limit our gratitude only to you know, when we're remembering something and thinking back on the past and dwelling there or for these moments in the calendar. Because like I said, there are reminders and opportunities for this every day. Because like I said, impermanence is something that is uh, uh, true. And it's one of those three marks of existence along with suffering and along with, you know, there being no permanent, everlasting, independent self. Um, and in our practice, you know, what we, we do with those three marks of existence is we kind of think, well, okay, what does that mean for us? What can we do? with the fact that there's suffering? You know, what can we do with the fact that there's no independent self, everlasting self? What can we do with the fact that everything is impermanent? Uh, in our practice, the second principle of oneness that addresses impermanence talks about the, the fact that everything passes away is an opportunity for some kind of creative act and some kind of creative change. Uh, and that creativity can be an expression of that appreciation and gratitude for what was and also you know a thought about what may be um, because again that acknowledgement of the fact that it's not always easy to look at change and loss and impermanence and transience in that way it's very easy to approach impermanence from a place of fear and that we start to grasp and hold on to things and grip them really tightly or approach it from a place of ignorance where we sort of retreat and we say, oh, this isn't happening. I don't want to think about it. I'll think about it later, right? But the right way to approach impermanence is from a place of understanding uh, and acknowledgement and acceptance. And only from that place can we experience 
gratitude. Right now, I'd I'd spoken a, a few minutes ago about memento mori to remember you must die. The flip side of memento vor, mo, mori is memento vivere, which is remember to live. Right, live to your fullest. You know, don't just think like, oh, I better. You know, I only have so much time left. Make the most of that time. Right. You know, remember to live. Um, you know, there's a there's a great story. It's not a Buddhist story. It's a very secular story. You know, Charles Dickens, uh, the uh, uh, A Christmas Carol of Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, someone who was who forgotten how to live, you know, very bitter, uh, not gracious in any way, uh, very mean towards everyone. Right. And then he had these very intense experiences. And then, of course, he woke up on Christmas morning. And he's like, now I'm grateful. Now I'm going to remember to live and keep, you know, the spirit of, of gratitude in my heart all year round. And then now he appreciated the people around him, you know, his nephew, uh, which is a memory of his sister and, and you know, the, the person who had worked for him for so long, Bob Cratchit, right? But again, we don't want gratitude only to be something that comes from, you know, a really intense experience or something that we only do on holidays or something that we only do with people who are getting older. Or something that only happens when we we're, you know, getting a bit of uh, nostalgic and thinking about the past, right? Gratitude is something that we want to practice every day, um, because impermanence is not something that happens sometimes. It's something that happens always, and and so to practice gratitude, it's something that you need to build into your practice. And and I love that word practice. And I know I've said this before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. You know, but we talk about a practice of Buddhism and a practice of mindfulness and a practice of gratitude because it's something you have to work on. It's not something that you can just resolve to do and then do it. You know, just as though I are just the same way that I can't say I'm going to be a hockey player and then do it without practicing a lot, right? To really get good at it. So you need to practice gratitude. And how might that show up? Well, you know, like I said, the, the practice of Thanksgiving is built into our liturgy and you can build it into your daily uh, practices. You know, as you, uh, you know, ring the bell at your centering space or light the candle, light incense, and you bow to your true self at your centering space. Remember, you know, and think about the people in your life who you appreciate, who you're grateful for. You know, think about your day and what you're thankful for about your day. Maybe what happened yesterday, maybe something that you're going to do that evening that you're thankful for. And it's a changing of your, your attitude and your approach to the day and to the people around you. You know, maybe start with the things that are easy, right? And then maybe extend it out to, it's like, you know what? I have something tough coming up or I'm going through something kind of tough, but you know what? I appreciate that because it's taught me these things, you know, A, B, and C. And do that every time when, you, when you're at your centering space. Uh, and what you'll find is that it starts to work its way into your time away from your centering space. When you're out in the world, when you're driving, you know, when you're working with people uh, on a daily basis. And yes, also as you're working with folks that maybe, you know, you never know, maybe this is going to be their their uh, the last time they'll be able to spend the holiday this way. It will increase your, your sense of appreciation and, and make you thankful for all of those people in your life.
Now, like I said, it's very easy to say that uh, and to say, well, you know, practice gratitude. Uh, but it is something that you have to work on. And I understand too that this notion of impermanence, uh, it can be a tricky one, right? And so if you do find that this is this practice of gratitude is something that you want to work on uh, and you find that it's been a struggle for you or you find yourself kind of getting stuck on the idea of impermanence, uh, I'd invite you to reach out to us. You know, our vow is, as priests is to, uh, you know, help relieve the suffering of people and, and to teach uh, folks ways to work with uh, their, their you know, thoughts and feelings and actions and, and to make, you know, a, a creative change in their life uh, to ease suffering. So if this is something that is, uh, you know, sort of looming large for you, and I know especially it can be as we head towards the end of the year, um, you know, please do reach out to us because uh, we would love to, to speak with you more and, and, and help you kind of think through uh, what this means for you and how you can uh, practice gratitude in your everyday life. So I hope that uh, some of what I've shared has been helpful to you. Uh, and if you do want to learn more about our practice or what we do uh, or talk to someone, uh, please reach out to us at uh, asksenseitoni.com. Uh, and I hope that all of you have a, a great week, a grateful week. Uh, full of thanksgiving and appreciation of, of the people and the things uh, that are in your life and appreciation of the fact that they may not always be there uh, but that they are there to to teach you and to enrich you and for you to understand that connection that we have with all of those things in our lives so thank you all uh, and again hope you have a great week <laughs>